Too often, faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Hey, welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera. Great to be with you as always. And today, we're going to talk to about something that is honestly pretty close to home something that I have been dealing with a lot recently. And I often will tell people, you know, especially when you're a professional speaker or a communicator, podcaster, writer, whatever, I often tell people to be careful not to talk about things that you're going through in the current moment. And I'm going to, I'm going to skirt really close to that line today, but I know even recently I ran into a speaker at an event and he was speaking about rethinking your faith, like what a lot of us are speaking about right now, but you could tell that he was right in the midst of kind of a crisis regarding this rethinking. And you could tell that while he was speaking, he was still kind of trying to work things out which made the whole thing, I think for most people listening, just kind of made the whole thing confusing is the easiest way to say it. Not that he didn't have good things to say. It's just kind of how he said it just felt off isn't the right word. Maybe maybe what I'm trying to say is when you're going through it, when you're right in the center of it, I'm not sure that you can have a lot of perspective to speak into it good friend of, uh, well, I'll call him an acquaintance, uh, used to be a pretty good friend when we lived in the same town. But I remember when I was just starting my speaking career, I remember one of the pieces of advice that he had was never, and this was in a church setting. So he said, never preach on something that you're going through. And I think that's it. I'd never quite understood it at the time. Cause I was like, wait a second. If I talk about what I'm going through, isn't that going to feel like fresh and relevant and vibrant? But his point was, when you're going through something, you don't have much perspective. Think about parenting. Like I am just toward the end of parenting teenagers. One of my children just turned 20. The other one turns 18 in a couple of months. And when I was in the midst of parenting, like hormonal teenagers, (laughs) (laughs) you're so frustrated and you're so beside yourself and you don't know what the hell's going on. And so it's really hard to let you're trying so hard to do the right thing, but it's really hard to gain perspective when you're right in the midst of it. That's why you have to have friends or you have to talk to people who have been through it so they can give you some perspective. Same idea for people who have been through marital struggles or divorce, like when you're in the midst of it, you're dealing with hurt, you're dealing with frustration, you're dealing with loss. And so even though your feelings are real, authentic and true, you probably are not the voice to speak into somebody else's life who's also going through marital struggles. Make sense? So all that to lead up to the conversation today and all that just to say, I'm going to try to speak into this with perspective, even though I would say I'm skirting the edge a little bit. And I would say I'm definitely 
within the outer confines uh, currently of what we're going to talk about. So what we're going to talk about today is, is burnout, but not just like burnout, like you're working too hard, like burnout, like you're just sick of all of it. You're just sick of all of it. Um, you know, now, uh, I was in ministry settings for, you know, almost two decades of my career where I was a worship pastor along with my wife. I was a prison chaplain. I was the founder of a faith community, a nonprofit organization that worked with the homeless. I've done a lot of work in nonprofit organizations that do really difficult work. And some of those things, like I said, I was involved in prison ministry. I've been involved in working with uh, people who are poor, who are struggling to find a place to sleep at night. I've been in an organization that works, currently works with, uh, like does anti-human trafficking work. And then I still am currently involved with an organization that kind of fights the battle of violence in schools. All of those things are pretty daunting. Like faith is daunting, incarceration and the problems there, super daunting, homelessness, daunting. I mean, there was times when I was working in that space where I'd get calls in the middle of the night from a person in Wisconsin on a February freezing cold night saying they're on the street and they don't have any place to stay. And I was supposed to figure it out for them. That's a stressful way to live. And then of course the, the trafficking world is hard. Uh, the school, you know, I'll get approached when I'm out there speaking in schools by people consistently who have been contemplating taking their own lives. I've been at schools where people have taken their own lives. It's just a ministry and justice work is not for the faint of heart. It's hard. It's challenging. It's um, mentally taxing. It's emotionally taxing. And after doing this kind of work for nearly two decades, the only way I can describe it is I, I like straight up, I, I like hit a wall. And even though I was still in leadership circles and, um, and even though I was still kind of influencing what was going on in some of these spaces, I, I just felt so empty. Like the reason I went into justice work in the very beginning and the reason I went into faith-based work in the very beginning is because they had been things that absolutely 100% lit me on fire. Like I would be so passionate about them. And then I got to this place after, you know, a couple decades of doing that almost. And I just stopped. Like, like I felt like I didn't care. I felt like I was incapable of making decisions. I felt like I was kind of cold toward the people I was working with, even though just a year or two before that, I would have been giving my all to them. I felt like I would hear a story and I'd be so jaded that I would just kind of almost, I wouldn't do it, but I almost felt like just rolling my eyes and being like, well, of course. And those are like, telltale signs of just total burnout, which was, was the case. And this is for me, I would say, I don't know, I'll, I'll just call it six to eight years ago. This is the place that I got to. Now I would say in this situation it took me about three years to really work through that burnout and to get back on top of it. And, uh, and that, that was a really, I had to work really hard in those few years and had to be very diligent about it and had to choose not to give up was, was a part of it as well. So 
now now let's let's um let's spin this a little bit okay now when because this is the kind of burnout i want to talk about is not burnout talking about you know working with help organizations not even burnout talking about church workers or or people who work in ministry i want to talk about it almost in a much more broad yet i, I mean i just want to talk about it in relation to faith and religion being burned out like just being sick of the whole thing just being tired of the whole thing now i have been in gosh i've been in this faith deacon what has become known as the faith deconstruction space because when i was in the beginning stages of it nobody was using those words but i've been in this space i've been asking these questions i've been trying to have these conversations for the better part of 12 maybe even closer to 15 years now when i started having these conversations there was it felt like there were so few people wanting to engage in the dialogue i remember that was the space you know I'm, I, a few years into this was when i met brian mclaren for the first time and and some of those voices that were talking about it and i remember when i first met him it was like oh my gosh I had no idea anybody else was talking about this because nobody else wants to talk to me about it. And so in the beginning stages, you're like, why am I having these questions? But then what happens is when you start to meet a couple other people that are having the same thoughts or questions, that kind of emboldens you, right? And I don't know if you were like this, but in the beginning of my faith journey, like when I really started getting excited about it, I wanted to talk to everybody and anybody about it. And that's how a lot of people are when they get serious about Jesus, when they get serious about church, like look out, they're going to, they're going to tell you about it. Right. Same thing tends to happen on the road away from what you once believed, if you know what I mean, when you start and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my case, when I started rethinking my faith, really when this podcast came out, uh, but, but before that as well, I like when I, when I, started rethinking my faith. And when I realized I wasn't alone in this, all I wanted to do was talk about it. I had so many conversations about hell not being real. So many conversations about the LGBTQIA plus community. Like that's all I wanted to talk about. And I didn't care if I rubbed people the wrong way. I kind of expected to rub people the wrong way. And I, you know, I, I was willing to listen to other people's thoughts or perspectives, but I pretty much knew them because I used to have the exact same thoughts and perspectives. And so at first I just wanted to talk, talk, talk. I wanted to start a podcast, which I did, et cetera. But now let's fast forward from that stage. You know, like I said, 10, 12 years, fast forward. Now we're at this place where everyone is talking about it. Like you can't turn around and not run into a podcast where somebody's not talking about deconstruction. You can't, go to a faith gathering of any kind and not run into somebody who's asking these questions. Some churches that are asking these questions. There's a lot of books that are asking and talking about these questions and thoughts and con like it's all over the place. I'm pretty sure people are getting really sick even of the word deconstruction because it's that saturated. And here's the thing. It's not just that everybody's talking about it. It's that everybody also has an opinion about it. Not unlike working in ministry, not unlike working in justice work. In those two spaces, especially in my situation and my wife's situation where we started in music ministry, man alive, does everybody have an opinion about that? And then you get into justice work, 
boy, people have really, really solid opinions about how they think you should serve the poor or how they feel about people who are incarcerated or whatever. Like there's a lot of opinions that uh, opinions that come out of this. But in this faith space, in this deconstruction space, uh, in my lifetime, and I'm 46, and I've been in faith circles my entire life, in my lifetime, I have never, ever seen so many opinions thrown around regarding faith. And it's one thing if you want to have a conversation, and it's one thing if you're open to a discussion, but I don't know if you feel this way, but I know that I have over these past, we'll call it three to five years, have really felt as if the opinions that are getting thrown out there are getting thrown out there as if they're the truth. And the biggest frustration that I've had regarding faith my entire life is that everybody thinks they know the truth. And so I assumed when I started asking questions about faith, about heaven and hell, about LGBTQ plus people, about what Jesus really did on the cross, about all, you know, when I started having these questions and when I started wanting to engage in these conversations, my hope, my hope is that we're actually moving away from trying to find absolute truth and moving toward living our faith out in wonder and exploration. What I've seen, unfortunately, in the last, like I said, three to five years is people have just moved the needle on what they believe the truth is. And so instead of believing that the truth is this one thing that many of us used to believe, now it's that people are believing the truth is this other thing, right? But they're believing it kind of in the same way, like with the same sort of aggression, with the same sort of anger at times, with the same sort of invigoration, I should say. And I've got to tell you, it is burning me the hell out more. I would say, I would say I'm on the cusp of, or I have been over the last couple of months, like on the cusp of feeling some of those same feelings that I did when I was in some of those help, help organizations, those nonprofit organization spaces where I just like, I'm start like I've been throughout the summer, like kind of feeling like I'm, I, I just am not caring near as much as I used to. I just, I don't want to talk about it anymore yet. I, you know, I, I know that's part of my place in this world. So here I am. Right. And so you may have noticed that over the last month, I haven't recorded any episodes. And even this week I, I considered not recording again, but I figured after a while people start going to start wondering like, what's, what the heck's going on. And so I thought it'd be important to just talk about it. And so I haven't been recording over the last few, you know, three, four weeks because, because it's just, it just feels just, just feels like a little bit of burnout. And so over those times, I've been trying to be very intentional about this feeling because I've felt it before. The first time I felt it was when I was involved heavily in music in college. And I played so between high school and college, I practiced so many hours and played so much music so much jazz that I got to the end of college and I like 
I was like, I need, at least from jazz music, I need a break. I didn't take a break from music, but I definitely took a break from jazz music. And, um, and that's like the first time I remember really feeling burned out. I was like, I've done this so much. I've tried so hard. I've practiced so much. I just, I just need a break. Right. And then, like I said, the second time I felt it would have been working with, uh, with nonprofit organizations, specifically with homeless people and people who are struggling with addiction. And then now I recognize the feeling because I felt it a couple of times before and now I'm feeling it again, but it's in regard to faith. So as I've been feeling this way, I've been jotting down some thoughts about, because I don't want to feel this way. Uh, faith has always been so important to me. And so I don't want it to be a sore spot in my heart and in my soul. Like I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy that's angsty about faith. I want to be that guy that is so in love with faith and so in love with God and wants to talk about it, but in beautiful, uh, accepting and, um, you know, exclude inclusive ways, not exclusive, inclusive ways. And so as I've been thinking about this, here's a few things. So if you're anywhere in the same space, here's just a few things that I've been working out. And like I said, maybe I shouldn't be talking about this yet, but because I've experienced things like this before, I'm trying to have perspective while I would say I'm still a little bit in the middle of it, or definitely at least on the edge of it. Now, the first thing, and this is the, the thing that I learned studying jazz music. There's something to be said of working so hard that you get to this place where like you just in, in music, music settings, like you feel like you're getting worse, not better, even though you're practicing more. And what that is, is that's like burnout from practicing too much. And the best thing that you can do when you're feeling burned out from practicing too much is just to stop practicing for a while. Even if there's a big concert or a big recital coming up, just to give it a rest. You know, marathon runners, especially ultra marathon runners, usually don't run a couple of days before the, the big race. And there's a reason for that, because if they do that, then they'll be more likely to give it their all when they're running. Same thing. Every time I take like a week off from practicing, I would come back and I'd feel so fresh and new and like holding the drumsticks would feel invigorating and playing would feel like just this renewed sense of energy. And so one thing that I want to encourage people to do, and this might be some something that nobody's ever giving you, given you the, um, the freedom to do, is that you can just step away for a while. You can step away from going to church for a while. You can step away from reading your Bible for a while. You can step away from praying for a while. You can step away from thinking about it for a while. You can step away from journaling about God or reading it. Like just, just, just take a break. Just step away. Even for just a little bit, just step away. Now, the, the important part in this stepping away, because if you're not careful, you'll step away forever. Make a goal not to step away forever. Give yourself, literally give yourself a week or give yourself a month, whatever it is, write it on the calendar. Say, I'm just going to back, back up. I'm just not going to engage for a week, two weeks, a month, whatever it is. Just take, take a break for crying out loud. Take a break. The best thing that you can do as a parent every once in a while, take a break, take a weekend with just you and your spouse. Best thing that you can do as a good employee is take a vacation, right? One of the best things you can do as a spouse is to get some time for yourself so you can be the best, right? So one of the best things that you can give to your faith is just take a break, step away from, from it for a little bit. 
It's, it's not, it's not hard. And I think you'll find it refreshing. The second thing. And so that's what I, even with this podcast, that's what I've done. You haven't heard from me for like a month. Uh, the other thing is to learn or to engage in experiencing your faith without talking about your faith. For me, what has become the burden has been talking about it so much. I, I mean, you know, I've recently moved out of the town that I lived in for almost 30 years. And it's a, it's this, it's a real big blessing because you know what people where I'm currently working, cause I'm not working in any faith circles. I'm not working in any justice circles. I am working in the not pro the not for profit world. So there's a little bit of a, a connection there, but people don't know me in this position as the speaker guy. People don't know me as the ministry guy or the justice hearted guy. People just know me as the new executive director at the gathering place. And it is so refreshing to not have to talk about my faith all the time. Anytime I'm in my town that I've been in for 30 years, I can't even, it's rare that I can like go to the grocery store without running into somebody who wants to talk about faith or ask me where I'm going to church or whatever, right? And so find ways to experience your faith without talking about your faith. Now, Everybody who's listening isn't just going to move away from their town in order to do this. So what I'd say is this, there's, man, there's so many ways to experience faith, right? I'm just going to give you the one that works for me. I know that when I just immerse myself in nature and in the summers, the way I do that the most is by getting in a kayak or getting in a canoe and I just get out there and I, I'm telling you, it is the most spiritual experience ever. And I don't need to think about God. I don't need to think about a Bible verse. I don't need to stop and pray. I just need to be immersed in what I know is this creation that I just get to be a part of. And I know there's a sense of divinity right in the center of it. And I think it's beautiful. I think you can also experience your faith without talking about it by just engaging into relationships that mean a lot to you. Recently for me, you know, I mentioned that my kids are getting older, so I don't get to see them as much as I once did. And so it becomes a very beautiful spiritual experience every time I see them. And I think that's uh, the divine right in the center. You know, I hadn't seen my oldest daughter for a while and I went to the place that she worked and we just gave each other the biggest hug. And it was the most beautiful divine thing I've experienced in a long time. So step one is to step away for a while. Step two is to experience your faith without talking about your faith. Just see what that would feel like. Step three, this one might be challenging depending on who you live with or who you're around at work or whatever. Step three is to avoid for a while the people that you know will want to talk about it. People who you know that every time you get together, you talk about faith. You might need to just take a little bit, bit of a break. Now, for those of you who are listening, who are in my little crew and we talk about faith all the time, I'm obviously not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> that actually hasn't been part of what I'm trying to do. But I do know that um, you always stick close to the people you're close to. So don't avoid those people. But if you know, know there's certain spaces that you are in, and this might be the reason you want to not go to church for a little while or something like that, or not go to that Bible study or not hang out with that group of people, and you're not avoiding them forever, you're just giving yourself some space to breathe. And this is not just for you. It's also for them because they probably still want to talk about faith and they still want to talk about God and they want to get into it and they want to get into the nitty gritty and you are probably going to be a little pissy about it. And so that's just going to be discouraging to them. 
So this is a both and this isn't just about you. It's about them as well. Like you just want to avoid give, getting yourself in, in those situations. If you know there's a space where all that's going to be talked about is faith and you're burned out on it, burned out on the whole thing, well, just just step, just, just avoid it. There's ways to do that. Number four, and I, this might seem a little counterintuitive because I said to experience your faith without talking about your faith, but take this for what, what it's worth. Pray that this experience that you're having, this burnout that you're feeling about faith, just pray that it's temporary. Like, I mean, literally pray that it's temporary because faith is so beautiful, so meaningful, such a, a wonderful part of life that I know for me, as I was feeling, and as I still am feeling some of this burnout over faith and religion, like I can't imagine how empty my life would feel without it. And so I just spend a lot of time praying and asking God, the divine, the universe to help me through this because I don't want this to be my end story. Uh, in some ways, when I feel this way, I feel like a, a person who's different than who I actually am. And so that just means I'm I'm longing to reconnect with something that I'm struggling to connect with right now. So just pray that it's temporary. And number five, uh, and again, this might go against what I said step three was, but you know, hopefully you're not taking notes. But no, I, I said to lean into people who you're close to, but avoid people that might want to talk about it. Find those, find those one or two people that you know that you trust and you know they're not just gonna try to talk you out of it. Try to find somebody who you know they get it. They'll get it. And just tell them that you're struggling with this so that they can check in again, not check in to make you feel better about yourself, not to check in to change your mind on anything, but to check in to just make sure emotionally and spiritually that you're like, you're not dead inside. That's what I, when I was burning out, especially in the nonprofit world, I just, and, and I didn't get much of it, but I just desperately needed people to just just make sure I wasn't wildly depressed or just feeling so empty that I couldn't be a good dad. Like I need some of those people in my life. And so if you're struggling in faith and you're struggling in religion and, and it's just a, it's a burnout, that's the only way to describe it. And it's feeling empty, like find that person that you can just say, Hey, I'm, I'm really struggling with this. I'm thankful that in my life, I can talk to my wife about this and she's so open and, and wonderful and helpful because I'm with her a lot. And, and faith has been a really big part of both of our lives. And so when I'm struggling, she might not be, but it's so important that she knows I am so that she can just support me through this, not to fix me, just support me. It's so important. So whether you are going through some faith or religious burnout or somebody that you know and love is going through this, um, you know, just, just lean into it and don't. Don't run away from what, what is being felt or what's what you're feeling. Uh, just, you know, again, the, the five things that I came up with thinking about my own life is just step away for a little bit. And number two is just to allow yourself to experience faith without talking about faith. Number three is to avoid people and more. I'm more talking like avoid groups of people who are going to want to make this the main conversation. Number four, pray that it's temporary because if you're like me, you don't want this to be the end all be all. And then five is just to, have somebody that knows you really good that you can tell about this and that they can just, um, they're not holding you accountable to anything, nothing like that. They're just checking in with you and making sure you're okay. All right, friends. Well, onward and upward. I hope you're doing well this week. Uh, whether it's hard or whether it's easy, depending on where you are in life, let's keep chasing goodness together. 